0: This is the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. With me, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. So come on and let's go and enjoy another episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Alright, it's Dr. Fuck from Thresh and this is the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, and I am with Yeah! Ian Wadley from New Orleans and uh yeah, there's been a little problem as we're as we're recording this. It's uh, it's Wednesday, and uh, you know something happened last night that bothered me. So I made a little announcement, cryptic announcement that I wanted to talk about it on the podcast. And I know by now everybody notices I'm not on the page. Uh, I was not contributing much on the page because you know I don't like people goofing on parents Okay it's just my thing it's my preference and I wanted to stop it but obviously there's no way of stopping it so I just opted to leave the page have your fun bullying Terrence all you want I want no part of it I love Ian he's like my brother I have no problem with him except on Facebook we just don't get along he sees it as I'm too sensitive I see it as he's whatever anybody want to cast any stones at me and say i'm too sensitive and the whole Terrence thing is fine that's fine that's your thing it's not my thing it's unfortunate because i do a lot for this podcast that i would love to be part of that page but unfortunately i can't and i'm not i'm not subscribing into making my own rock and metal combat podcast facebook page because i just think i don't really like that idea i'd rather just everybody come follow me at the almost human 56 or the Dr. Funk page, or Groucher Die, whatever. I have all, all types of music, uh, Van Halen page, Eternal Lives, I have a million pages. And I avoided the rock and metal combat page for a while, and it sucks, because I think, you know, I figure I'm part of the show, but obviously I can't be part of the page, because of my sensitivity. I'm too sensitive, I, I admit it. I have a flaw, and my flaw is what's pretty much Exiled me from the Facebook page, and that's the way it's going to be because I'm not going to bring censorship I wanted to but my censorship will not fly because obviously I Can't do it. So therefore I opted to just delete myself while me and our Ian were arguing now And I don't want no part of the page.
1: Well, uh I'm sorry to this, but I, you know, I want to keep the show going. I love Ralph like a brother. We do have disagreements, and uh, he has his view, and I have my view, and we're both two stubborn fucks, you know. And and uh, that's basically what it is. But I want to keep the show going. I believe in the show, and like I said, I love Ralph like a brother. But like brothers, we fight, and uh, you know, we had we had a fight. But I believe in the show. I, I thank all of you for listening, for making the show what it is for making it as successful as it is and uh sorry it came to this but it's what's necessary to keep the show going and uh sorry uh y'all had to deal with uh with our shit because it's our shit it's not your shit it's our shit
0: and you know what and he is not wrong and neither am i we just see shit differently okay so uh i got some news um the rolling stones are playing cuba uh, and it's a free concert gee I wonder why it's free oh yeah that's right because nobody can afford a ticket in Cuba nobody can even afford a skittle much less a bag of Skittle. so I feel like the wrong Stones should change their song you can't always get what you want to, You can't always get what you want but if you try sometime you just might find you still ain't gonna get shit
1: alrighty well uh, something we announced on the show last week uh that david lee ross said his new song wasn't about van halen and now he's come out and said you know what it could be so people are kind of running rampant now is he in is he out uh i think what could have happened there is i think there could have been some major backlash from the van halen camp over the song and where i think like now he's like you know what fuck you because you know he does have a gag order if you notice like the raw show when he's touring Van Halen, doing anything, the Raw show's off. And then when he's not, it's back on. And now his contract's off, and and the Raw show's back on, and now he releases the song. Everybody knows he has an album in the can with John Five that's not released. And, you know, the speculation I can believe is, you know, because Eddie's like, well, you ain't releasing that shit or you're out of the band. So it's uh, sad to say, but I, I got a feeling he's probably gone. Now, whether they get Sammy or not back, I you know, I, I don't know. I hope not, but you never know. Uh, I'd rather see it just end than that, but uh, you never know. What do you think, Ralph? Do you think it's a it's a jab at Van Halen? Um,
0: I don't think so, because they initially said it wasn't, but then everybody's saying shit. I think, I don't know, I think he's maybe lying now, saying that it is. Okay. I, I can't see how Van Hagar could go on, or Van or Halen could go on with any different singer. It's just, I don't know what's going to happen to this band now. Because nobody's going to accept Van Halen without Dave Roth. I know a lot of people think that, oh, with well, Sammy, no. no, man. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be a train wreck. It, it's only Dave. That, and it's not just a fanboy talking. It's just the way it is. They already tried with Gary Schroen and failed. They can get a great sitter. They can get Ralph from Steel Panther. And yeah. It still won't work. It won't yeah. work. Because then I, I, he'll get blamed with the Tommy Fair theory. Right. Or the Filipino from
1: Journey. Right. And, and man, i tell you what. He can do David Lee Roth like nobody's business. Yeah, he can do but, David but, Lee Roth better than David Lee Roth can now. Right. But, uh, you know, people want to see the real deal. You know, uh, Warts and all—that's what people. That's what I want. If he can't hit all the notes, I don't care, dude. It's David Lee Roth on stage, and that's the way it should be, in my opinion. But uh, there are some Hagar tards out there, and uh, I'm sure they would love to see it. But I don't think it would do the numbers, and I think that would hurt Eddie's ego more than anything. To be proven at this point, like if he's already mad at Dave, to be proven that it's not going to be successful, you know, I don't think he's willing to chance that personally. But uh, anyway, here's a here's a new story that just came down the pike uh, KK Downing talking about what it would take for him to return to Judas Priest. Did uh, did you see this story, Ralph? No, I didn't. It's just and I'm kind of, you know, forgive me if I if I make a flub here, I'm kind of breezing through it. But uh, basically said uh, that, you know, there have been some bands that have done He goes obviously they have Richie there now, Maiden has done the three guitar thing. But I don't think there's room for an extra guitar player in Judas Priest. There's always been a two-guitar band, so I can't see that working. We'll have to see what happens next. So to me, that's kind of sounded like maybe he might want to, but uh, he's not willing to go the Iron Maiden route. Uh, oh, um,
0: you saw what Kay, um, Kerry King said today?
1: Yes, I did see that.
0: Yeah, he said uh, that Iron Maiden and Metallica only
1: live on past glory. Right now, if if you read the article though, he also said so is Slayer. Oh, okay, I didn't I didn't read the article. Yeah, yeah, he he, he did it because that's the first thing I thought. Like, well, yeah, isn't everybody? And he even said yes, they are. But and he also went on to give praise to the Black album, which I was surprised at. He said he thought it was a great album. But he said they've been living off the Black album ever since it came out, and I agree. Uh, I don't think anything they've done since then, even though I'm not even a big fan of that. Because I still want to know they have that hunger as a musician, you know, that they want to write new stuff, that they're not just resting on the hits. But, you know, like like with Maiden, I love Maiden, and I have hope every time a new album comes out, but I'm almost always let down, because I just, you know, I don't think they have the fire. But uh, I, I do like, while, while he called them out, and I respect that, he, he did have the balls to say that, hey, Slayers living off their past glories too, even though while he says, he likes their new album, and there's people who want to hear some of the new songs. He knows that that's what most people are going for. All right, yeah,
0: I thought he was just digging on these people going, well, what about fucking Slayer? I mean, but, you know, I mean, uh, Metallica maybe, but I don't think Metallica, like, drowns their set list like Iron Maiden does Uh Metallica always delivers the, the songs people want to hear, and so does Slayer. Maiden doesn't do that. Maiden really does promote the fuck out of the new music, and uh, a lot of people outside of the U.S. love that new stuff. Yeah, that is true. That they is true. That new stuff. So, I think Iron Maiden's probably a bad example
1: because they do not rely on their old hits. They just well, don't. I I believe that they believe in it, and I do respect that. But uh, quite honesty, and I, and I know it's it's more the U.S. audience, and that's why. I think they're so pissed at the U.S. Because uh, we're like, no, you you got to do better. You know? Uh, Allison Chains now has been announced to open up the shows for Guns N' Roses in Las Vegas. I think that's a pretty good lineup. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have... Uh...
0: Yeah, you have... Uh... Yeah, Allison Chains is actually really good still. I saw yeah. it a on ago. They're, they're, they're still really good live. You, you saw them with the new singer? Yeah, I saw them twice with the new singer, and I thought both times they were amazing. Uh, I, re-
1: I really like them, and I like the albums that they made with them. Uh, I, I can't complain.
0: I, I wasn't too crazy about the last one, but the first one they did with them was really good.
1: Oh, really? You didn't like uh, Devil Put Dinosaurs Here or whatever? No, no. It was kind of, eh. I enjoyed I was-
0: the first one. was it something black?
1: Yeah, Black Turns to Blue. Yeah, that, that, really- was,
0: a, that was a good album. But, uh, yeah, and, and Izzy came out saying... Here's he's very cryptic of what he said. He said he has nothing to do with these shows, but it doesn't really sound like he's not has nothing to do with the band because, you know, he said as of now I'm not playing these April shows. It's not really saying he's not playing those shows with them after April. But right. uh, I I'm not hundred percent sure. Maybe you can clarify this. Did he actually say he wasn't writing
1: music uh, to them? Y- yes, yes he did. He said he's not in the studio with them. Well, that's not good. Yeah, and uh, that was one thing that gave me a little bit of hope for this this cash-in tour. It's like, well, hey, if they're writing new material, there might be something viable here. But uh, if he's not, I have, uh, you know, a little But They might come up with a decent song, because, you know, I'm not going to say Axel doesn't have talent and Slash doesn't have talent, but I'm not a huge fan of Slash's solo career. Uh, I I prefer, I know you don't, but I prefer Izzy Stratham's solo music to Slash's. But there's a lot of people that like that shit. So, who knows? Maybe they might come out with a good song. I hope they do. I hope they do. Uh, Pantera was mentioned on the Oscars. Yes, yes. Uh, but you know who was not mentioned and pissed me off very much? Abe Vigoda. Abe Vigoda. Uh, a lot of people like bag on the Oscars. I haven't missed the Oscars in damn near 30 years. I am a movie buff. I love the Oscars. Um and i i always hate when somebody gets left out of the in memoriam and there were so many people that were like and, and not to take anything away from these people but i mean we're talking cinematographers people behind the scenes you know and here's a guy that played tessio on the fucking godfather and and you and you can't mention him and it's not like he died 30 minutes before the show you know um and that was very disrespectful very disrespectful and Sylvester Stallone got robbed. Uh, I, I, I did see Creed, and I loved Creed. I thought he did awesome. I will say I have not seen uh, the Book of Spies or whatever, you know, the guy who won, but I've heard nothing but praise for what he did. I heard he really did good too, so I can't judge. I mean, sentimentally, of course, I would have loved to have seen Sly get it because I thought Creed was great. He did great, but... Uh, yeah, he, he didn't win. I was pulling for him, but uh, I don't want to take anything away from the guy who won because I haven't seen it.
0: Oh, and I fair heard. enough. But you know, Silver Stallone has been stigmatized. Where he first came on the scene, nobody like he. A lot of people don't realize he already won an Oscar for Rocky. Right. He won right. an Oscar For Rocky, but you know, then he made you know, like, you know your Cobras and Rambo's and stuff like that, and right. it just stigmatized him as a bad actor. But
1: is a damn good actor. Amazing. Oh, actor. oh I, I agree, and I think I think he should have been nominated and won for uh uh Copland. Yeah I thought I thought that was amazing. Yep. But who who knows it could be payback for Rocky getting best picture against Network. And yeah. I'm so, I'm sorry. I love Rocky, but it was not better than Network. You know, Network's one of the oh, greatest I, movies I ever disagree. made. I disagree. Oh, really? That. Wow, yeah, okay. I disagree. Yeah. I didn't like Network, I thought it was
0: boring. Oh, Except wow, for the okay. one part where I feel like that guy won an Oscar because he died. Whatever his name was, uh, the guy—I don't know—but I I've had it know but i can not think right. of no more. Right. That guy. Um, Rocky is to me one of the greatest movies ever made. I definitely put it in my top five. Oh, okay. It's, it's an amazing movie. It's pretty much changed Hollywood.
1: Oh, I'm not saying it's bad. I, no, I just—I thought—I thought, thought Network was a better film. Uh, Richie Blackmore has undergone surgery on his hands. I saw a picture of his finger. Yeah, so he's he's been having problems with those. I'm hoping he heals in time for those shows because uh, I know a lot of people are looking forward to that. Uh, let's see. What else we got here? Uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. Like I said, slow news week. Uh,
0: Rush, Rush said, uh, Getty and Alex Lyson came out and said, that uh, there are no plans for Rush at the moment, but they didn't actually say the band was over. But I think it's going to be a long time before we hear from them again. All right, I,
1: I think you're going to see Rush with uh, Mike Portnoy. No, <laughs> that would be horrible. Uh, no, actually, I, I think they have enough class that they might do something, but it's not going to be called Rush.
0: Yeah, they never. There's that's one band that would never, that would never fucking do a tour without one of the members. You right. might just might as well. That, that's a band that you really, let me put it this way. Uh, every All bands ban me from putting shit up on 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 YouTube. And when I put up Rush shit, they ban me too. But then I send them one of those fair use things, and then they allow me to put up my reviews. <laughs> and that's a cool band, you know?
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, should, uh, Boston is doing a 40th anniversary tour. Yeah, they're playing down here, but I—I I believe I'll be in Europe at that time. Ah, uh, uh, never got to see him. Not so sure if I'm interested in seeing him without Brad Delp. They were good. I saw them without Brad Delp. They were really good. Did was it Michael Sweet? No, or it some? wasn't
0: Michael Sweet. It was that guy that worked at Home Depot. Oh,
1: uh, I don't know they got about
0: it. Some guy from you know it's your classic story these days. They saw a guy on YouTube singing a Boston song, and they hired him. Uh, he worked at Home Depot, and he's a. Sounds like Brad Doe,
1: really good singer. Hits the high notes. Oh, nice. Uh, Dave Mustaine came out and said what it would take for another Big Four show to happen, and uh, basically it sounds like he wants everybody to get the same cut, which, uh, or at least Megadeth to get the same cut he does. <laughs> and I don't see that happening. Therefore, I probably don't see another Big Four show happening. And I know uh, they've asked Carrie King in the past about more Big Four shows. And he said there was one guy holding it up. So I got a feeling it was mistake
0: Yeah, that's too bad because I'd love to see a Big Four show. I want to see Metallica again. I haven't seen Metallica since the Load Tour.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen him since the Black album.
0: Yeah, I, I, and the Load Tour was so horrible. That's why I've never seen him again. But I, I don't know, man. Something tells me that I, I, after I saw that through the Never movie... I was like, God, I want to see Metallica again because that was so good. They were so good in that movie. Even Lars played good. I really was, I really loved it. And that wasn't, I never, it was my neighbor gave me it. And I had it collecting dust. I go, oh, let me watch this. And I put it on and go, the storyline. Have you seen it?
1: Yeah. No. I After you said that, I actually went and watched it and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I loved it. I didn't like the storyline at all, but it was hard. It, 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 it didn't bother me. It, you know, it, 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 I, I looked at yeah. it like the uh, song remains the same. It's goofy, but hey, the music's good, you know? Yeah, but I, I, I just loved their performance yeah. in that movie. It was so good. And uh, and what a stage so. show. Yeah. You know, the the only thing that sucks is, uh, I mean, I, I still think they can bring it live, but man, I, I don't want to hear fucking Fuel and Unforgiven. And, and there, there's so many, like half the set I, I love and half the set I don't, so I'm kind of torn. But it'd be like a lot of beer stops during that show because
0: uh,
1: I. That, I, that I, show was
0: mostly. Oh, oh no, 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 no. There were a
1: few clunkers. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and there's certain ones that you like that I don't like, like Memory Remains. And, yeah, they no, totally you know, yeah, I don't But I, like I don't like Skulls. Uh, I don't like. Unforgiven wasn't on there, but. Um, what's it. that song?
0: Uh, I forgot. Something off Death
1: Magnetically.
0: Right. My favorite
1: nightmare, I think. No, Judas Kiss. I don't know. Right. It's terrible. All right. Well, Lita Ford said she left the Runaways after learning all of her bandmates were gay. That's wild. Yeah, and I, I don't know if I buy that. I think that might be a little bit trying to sell a book. You know? I don't know about Lita, man. Ever since her, her kids came out saying
0: that she abused them, and, you know, I know a lot of people think it's the dad putting them up to it, but...
1: I don't know man. I kinda of believe the kids, but I could be wrong. I don't know. She can still kiss me deadly, but yeah, yeah, she's hot, but she she is
0: you think about her history, yeah, she has been with quite a few men.
1: Yes. So she should
0: know what she's doing. And and all musicians, by the way. Chris Holmes. Yeah. You know, the guy from Nitro and Tony Iommi. and
1: Yeah. I don't think we talked
0: about that. Oh yeah, we
1: did. Yeah, John Bon Jovi, Eddie Van Halen.
0: Yeah, I, th- I believe Jimmy Page too,
1: back in the day. Just pictures of up together. Oh, sh- that's a story. I-, I can't find it now. But she said something about Jimmy Page asking her to join Led Zeppelin and take John Paul Jones' spot. Are you kidding me? No, dude. I seriously read that. Say, it's, uh, I can't find it right now. I didn't even read the story. I'm like, you got it. There's no fucking. He must have been high as fuck that night. Well, he pa-
0: pa- probably just wanted to get some pussy.
1: Yeah something, though. God damn. But then again, it just shows you how they never give any respect to John Paul Jones.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I I don't... I I think Lita's full of shit. I don't believe, like, Tony Omi hit her either. But then again, I I refuse to think that way, because Tony Omi died. But, eh, I don't know. Who who knows? But all I know is that she is a wacky chick, and hopefully I'll become big enough one
1: day to bang her. Because that's all she does is fuck rock stars, you know? There you go. Well, let's hope this uh, European tour is quite successful. Wow, well, she did bang it back from, from Nitro, so I do have a shot. There you go. There you go. I, I'm just waiting for her to fuck a guy from a cover band, so I get a chance. Yeah.
0: Well, maybe you will get the, a bang of chick from a Runaway cover
1: band. There you go. There you go. <sighs> All righty. Well, uh, with that, let's get into the review we got this week. What are we reviewing this week? This week it is Danzig with our special guest Gully from the Gully and Joe show. All right, cool. Let's play. Yeah.
0: All right, now it's time to do a review of the second Danzig album, Lucifuge, released in, what, 1989 or something?
1: 1990.
0: All right, that was close. And with us, a very special guest. And I also want to thank him very much for filling in for me. Uh, on the news segment when I temporarily quit the show, thank you, uh, Gully, for for uh, filling in for me. And we have the one and only Gully from the Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Hi, Gully.
2: Hello, and yeah. um, thanks, thanks for having me on, and and thanks for you two getting back together and hugging it out. Well, the reason show,
0: so. the reason we got back together was you you were so good, I got all jealous and shit, and came back. I'm not talking.
1: Yeah, 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 I, I asked my. After that, I, I go, you want to do the news this week or should I get uh, Gully? He's like, no, I'm good. I'm no, good. no, 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 please, please, please.
0: I, did, I, I actually text him on my knees.
2: Please, nice. I
1: want to
0: come back, please.
2: So now, you I'm know. I'm not that good. Nah, Thank you're, you. Nah, you're welcome, man.
0: So uh, anyway, so we're here to talk about the second Danzig album, and it is uh, Ian's idea because he's such a Danzig fan, but yet he hates Elvis, go figure. And uh, and the second album, which happens to be my favorite of all his Danzig albums. But, you know, let me say, before we get into it, I cannot say I'm a Danzig aficionado. Even though I do own everything up to Danzig 4, I, I enjoy those albums. I enjoy the Misfits. I have one Sam Hain album. What's that? October Fire or something?
1: November Coming Fire. I like
0: that one. That one's good. I own that as well. So... But, you know, I mean, listening to all the Danzig albums, you know, I got to say out of all of them, uh, my favorite one is the one we're going to review today, uh, Lucifuge. And uh, I bought this, I got to admit, I bought it a little late. Even though I did buy the first Danzig album when it first came out, I didn't buy Lucifuge until after How the Gods Killed. Go figure. Because I saw the video for Her Black Wings and fucking loved it. But never went out and bought it. I don't know why it's, that's a weird Maybe it wasn't available in stores or something and then I finally found it and I thoroughly enjoyed this album a lot even though you know, there's I Enjoy all their albums up to four to tell you the truth uh, But this one I don't know this one I think sticks out a little bit more than the rest of them But boy how the gods go is a very close second uh, Alright, so that's all I got to say about this. Uh, I did see this tour as well. At a club called the Button South, and uh, uh, let's throw it to Gully, man. Tell us uh, your your discovering of uh, Glen Danzig and so
2: on. I think I think everyone. Um, it wasn't he wasn't as big over here until MTV was playing the shit out of Can't Speak, and that's when that's when everyone found him because the video was on rotation on MTV, and um, so that made me go back and look into the other albums and. Everyone knows that like this is probably the nipple album ever. There's, there's, he's got nipples like a fucking cow. It's like it's, it's like others going on, hanging off. But yeah, as a person, we all know dancing, you wouldn't want to be trapped in a lift with him because you'd punch him in the fucking face. But um, this album, I really like it.
1: Awesome. Uh, Ian? Uh, I love this album. Uh, I think I talked about this in the Volume 4 episode, the Sabbath episode that uh, the summer of 1990, I listened to this album and Black Sabbath Volume 4 every day. Uh, my, my first, you know, experience with Danzig was uh, my friend Ben Poskins was a skateboarder and way into the Misfits, and he got me into punk and, and shit like that because I, I I knew nothing of punk till he turned me on to it. And I really loved the Misfits. I didn't get to know Sam Hain till much later. But by the time the first Danzig came out, I got that. You know, I saw Mother and Twist the Cane videos. Love that. But there is something about this album. I also believe it is the best. But man, the first four Danzig albums with with the true Danzig band, uh, I, I, I think are untouchable. And it's like modern day Black Sabbath to me. I mean, it's that good and that tight of a band. And I still follow Danzig. I still go see Danzig every time he has an album. I get it. But nothing replaces the feeling of, the, you know, the original Danzig band. And uh, th- this is definitely my favorite as well. I think it's the most well-rounded and best-produced Danzig album. But to me, a close second would be uh, uh, for Danzig four. Uh, I absolutely love it. I love all of the first four. But this this is the top of the heap to me. Uh, still love Danzig. I wish he would get the, the band back together because they're all still alive and... Uh, we need to do this. I,
0: I heard uh, Chuck
1: Biscuits, something happened to his knee. That, I, I don't know. The, the last I heard about Chuck Biscuits, well, after uh, he was fired or got kicked out of the band, he played with uh, Social Distortion for an album. Wasn't and he in Black Flag as well? That was before. Okay. That was before. Uh, but uh, an incredible drummer. And, and seeing him live, he plays a very small kit. But it's like... There's a million drums there, and it reminds me in a way. And it's funny he said one of his favorite drummers is Stuart Copeland because the simple work that Chuck Biscuits does is absolutely amazing. It just makes the kit sound huge. Rick Rubin did a great job on the drums. Yeah,
0: Rick Rubin. For, let me. Let me. Uh, let me t- I, I need to interrupt you here, okay? Because this came. This came up to my attention yesterday. Who the hell is a better replacement? For Bill Ward than Chuck Biscuits. Tell me. Do you know of
1: anybody? Uh, The only other person I would recommend. and No, would...
2: no, no. I'm sorry. You're wrong. Okay. He's not good. Bill Ward can only replace Bill Ward.
1: I
0: I agree with you, Alan. I, I totally agree with you. But here's the thing. Here's the problem. It's not going to happen. Yet you have this guy who produces band laying on his back who worked with Chuck Biscuits and didn't even think of him. To do 13? Because Chuck Biscuit has that organic type of drumming, and he's sporadic and nutty, and he's, to me, he's the perfect replacement for Bill Ward. Who who was it that you thought, and would also be a and, good replacement?
1: I feel, I'm so ashamed because I just became great Facebook friends with him the other week, but the drummer from, uh, Oregon.
0: Okay, alright, yeah, but and, yeah. And, 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 and
1: he has a very organic, jazzy drum sound. No, he, is,
0: he is great, but Chuck Biscuit is better, I'm
1: sorry. Yeah, I
0: love Chuck Biscuits. Chuck Biscuit. Yeah. I I saw Danzig many times back in the day with Chuck and yeah. to me he's he was the MVP. Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah. he's definitely the top, MVP of that band.
1: he's in my top 10 drummers of
0: all time. He's amazing. Guys. He is just yeah. flawless and uh,
1: and powerful, man. Oh, powerful
0: man, he... drummer and the groove and the and just he's got his own thing, man. And I just like Bill Ward. I feel like him and B- Bill Ward are kind of like kindred spirits, you know? Right.
2: Yeah. I agree. He owns his his drum kit. And it's not the biggest drum kit in the world either. You see these elaborate drummers who have like a fucking whole stage full of drums and they sound shit. And he just has what you need to get by and he makes it sing and that's all you need from a drum.
0: Yeah, golly. And also I gotta say like there are drummers that have all these drum sets that are actually good and still Mm. he's just as good or better than these people, you know,
2: with a little bitty drum set, you know. It's like bass players. I'm a bass player, and I've got four strings. And bass players who have, like, five, six-string basses, stop it. You need four, and that's all you need. And I think it's the same when it comes to drums. You don't need to over-elaborate. Use what you have and make good use of it. And he does that.
0: You hear that, Nico? (laughs) Oh, ouch. Ouch. No, I like Nico. I was just trying to piss off some Maiden fans. Justin Childers. All right. (laughs) So, uh, okay, you want to head on into this, or you want to... Talk a little bit more about dancing. Uh,
1: no, man. Let's just get into this motherfucker. Well, you got it. you take it away, man. All right. The first song, Long Way Back From Hell. Holy shit. Is, what a way to start off an album. And uh, this whole out, ab- you know, you and me always argue about production, Ralph. And this is the last one. Uh, Rick Rubin was involved in the first four, but they say this is the last one where he was really involved. Like, he took the time... Before he was the guy that just laid on the couch, this was the last one where he's like really. Where he outgoing.
0: actually, where he actually sat up on the couch.
1: Yes, he sat up on the couch, and it sounds amazing. Uh, and standouts on this is the guitar work of, of fucking uh, John Christ and Chuck Biscuits. Eerie's awesome as well, you know, and the amazing, amazing vocals of fucking uh, Glenn dancing. But man, what a way to just bam! into this shit, man. It's just incredible. I mean, one of the best openers I think I've I've ever heard, and it just prepares you for this whole album. I mean, I I couldn't think of a better opening track off this album than this Uh, one. Well,
0: uh, golly, if you don't mind, let me take this, because I want to disagree with Ian for a second. Uh, Number one, Long Way Back to Hell is my favorite track on the album.
1: Okay.
0: It is my favorite track, but I think Her Black Wings would have been a better opener. Really? Really? Cause it just got that you know that build-up thing where this one is just right this one would have been a great second track or maybe the first track on the second side but yeah long way back from hell is my favorite song on the album uh, I love everything about it and uh, the vibe and it's heavy and the vocal delivery and yeah Chuck and man and, yeah everybody man uh, John Christ I love the solo on this song uh, it smokes it's a great fucking it's a great song Though I mean it is a great opener. I'm not gonna I'm not saying it's a bad opener, but her black wings is on this album, so I feel like that one would have been if her black wing wasn't on this album, I'd say this was a great opener, but that's how I feel. But it is my favorite track on the album. Uh Gully, what do you think?
2: So first thing I put was if you didn't know who it was and you just as soon as it kicks in, you're like, fuck me, this is fantastic. It's it's the one of the best openness on an album, I have to agree with Ian. Um, it's I always believe in an album, always put your best foot forward, always come in as you mean to go out, come in and kick the fucking door in. And this track sets the tone for the album. It does it and it does it well. And I think it's I think it's one of the stronger tracks. And I'm all for to put one of your strongest tracks on first because why not? You want to make that impression and this, does it?
0: Yeah, you make a valid point. But this this is an album where there's a lot of strong tracks on this fucker. Mm. Uh, one, of, one of my favourites is Toward the End. Uh,
2: but um, anyway, so... Uh, uh, Gully, why don't you take the next track? Uh, Snakes of Christ. So, it's the opening riff... And, and do you know this one thing I can say throughout this album? Guitar work is fucking spot on. Every song fits what's going on lyrically, lyrically and beat-wise. The opening riff on this is ballsy. It's got a big set of balls. And um, it keeps the momentum up from from the first track as well. And um, there's lots of squeamy solos going on. And um, the one thing I have noticed about Danzig, though, good old Glenn, he just says random shit that you can't tell what he said. He's just like, and then, like, that's just like a bit of the lyrics. And I'd I'd really like to know what he says. And then weird things where he has an episode. But yeah, I think if this song, the only thing I would say that's bad about this song is. It's a little longer than it should be. I think it should any longer than three three and a half minutes for this song, and I think it's gone on for a little bit too long. It's like you know, like like it's the playing at the end of the set and the waving goodbye as they're playing it. I just feel it goes on a little bit too long, and that's the only bad thing I could say about it.
0: All right, uh, I feel like it's kind of like Twisted Kane Part Two. It reminds me a lot of Twisted Kane. Uh, I do I do enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, it's interesting that they wrote a song about the guitar player of snakes. But uh, other than that, it's a great song. I, li- I like the solo. I don't think it goes on too long. I think it's fine, you know, the way it is. And uh, I enjoy the "All out of Snakes of Christ." It's a, it was a mainstay, as I recall, like every time I used to go see Danzig. I mean, Ian, you still see Danzig. Does he still throw this in the set list? Uh, I
1: fucking wish, no. I no. didn't see that on the last tour, no.
0: Because, you know, the last time I saw him was uh, Sacrifice.
1: Oh, was that the name of the one? The one Oh, that- uh, uh, Danzig 5? That's the last time you saw him? <laughs> yeah,
0: man, where Disturbed oh, oh. Open.
1: We oh, talked wow. about that tour? Oh, uh, no, 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 no. That was the uh, Danzig like Six tour.
0: Okay, Devil's Child, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: yeah. that's the last time I saw them. I did see them on that tour. Uh, that Sacrifice one I saw, I think, with Marilyn Manson and Korn. Or was that four? I can't remember.
1: No, no it wasn't four, I don't think so.
0: Okay, I did see that, you know, the, it had a song called Sacrifice, right? Is that how I'm... Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah that's on Danzig like Five.
0: Okay, that's, uh, then I saw them, yeah, the last time I saw him was six. And they did play uh, Snakes of Christ that night. As I recall, I mean, I could be wrong, but I could have sworn it. I, I remember Snakes of Christ and uh, Her Black Wings were mainstays yeah. back, back then, you know? Yeah, her,
1: her, her Black Wings, he still plays. Okay.
0: All right, so what do you think of Snakes of Christ?
1: Uh, I absolutely love it, and I love the way it flows, you know? I love the way it flows out of uh, A Long Way Back from Hell. Um just an amazing song. I wrote some more notes for this song, but I must have been drunk when I took them because I can't even read what I wrote. But I, I fucking I love it, and it just uh, the way it flows out. It just I don't know. I, I it's album rock, and I love that. It's not a fucking singles band. It's an album band. At least you know, at least the, you know the original Danzig. Uh, very much album rock, and man, it's just like a one-two punch. You know and I absolutely love it and uh... that's about it and then we go into the third one which is uh... you know another part of the reason this is my favorite we change it up a little bit and it goes into fucking killer wolf which just great slow evil blues it is you know like you say it's funny i don't like elvis but you know it's very much you know uh... elvis you know it is voice and everything but it owes just as much to Robert Johnson and fucking Howlin' Wolf, too. You know, I mean, it's I, I just, don't,
0: I don't really hear a lot of Elvis on this one, but boy, that other blues song when we get into it—that's total Elvis worship, right? But, but go ahead.
1: But uh, just, just the singing style, though, and, and the swagger of it, and uh, I love I mean, it. It was just so different from everything else at the time. I mean, you got to think, 1990 when this came out, you know, we're still talking like fucking. Cherry pie and fucking, uh, you know, Doctor good shit. You know, and, and Old Skinny Bop. Yeah, you know, and there's no, there's no other metal band that's doing like killer blues. I mean, you got Great White doing Bad Led Zeppelin.
0: Yeah, and, I, and Cinderella. No, no, no. A lot of those hair bands were doing bluesy stuff after Guns N' Roses came out to beat like kind of get a little credibility with the slide guitar and all that shit. Right,
1: right, and, and I'm not going to say I don't like some of that stuff, but to me, this is much more sincere and yes, much more... I agree. Know, it, 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 it's true. It's not trying to be something, it's just showing your roots. I agree and, with you 100%. And, and, and you're not trying to get on the radio, you're just trying to be an artist. And that's what I love about that and I love the light and shade on this album. You got some heavy shit, you got some bluesy shit, you know, you got some sad shit. But the underlying grit of this album is pure just darkness and evil. And I I, I I fucking love it. It's fucking seductive. And I love Killer Wolf. Great song. Gully, what do you think?
2: See, blues metal. There's nothing wrong with it. But see, this is where I'm gonna differ slightly, slightly maybe controversial. Um He does it a lot though. He he really it's like it's it's his go to thing. And he does it with this one and I sometimes can't, maybe it's just me, I can't understand the way this man fucking sings sometimes. And in this song in particular, I'm like, it's a good riff, but what the fuck are you singing about? Well, I that's, just don't know.
1: That's because you're English and you people don't speak English.
2: Oh, <laughs> fuck that, you, you, <laughs> hang on, hang on a minute. You, sto- you, you, sto- you stole our language and bastardized it, let's not go there. Put um, yeah. Hell yeah, he is,
1: fuck yeah, <laughs> hell
0: yeah. America, USA, USA.
2: America! America, yeah!
1: yeah. America! Fuck yeah!
0: Is there anything be, else we wanna go we, we like to bastardize shit
1: man? It's, yeah, we it's we, fun! We steal from everything. Oh you're Indian, give us your land. Oh no, you're yeah. English, give us your language.
2: But you stole Ozzy. you can <laughs> keep him, he's a bit broke now.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh. But yeah, the solos again. The the guitar work on this album nothing but credit, I, I really like it but it does feel like this is the, a song that was thrown together in the back of a van in 10 minutes and um, when I got to the end of the song I'm like uh, well I'm, I'm I'm okay I'm glad that's done and, and I don't know whether, I, I know it's probably not the consensus but yeah I was just, no it felt like filler, that's all I could say really.
0: You know, you know Alan I totally understand exactly what you're saying even though I do disagree because this Killer Wolf song I feel like it does speak to me, the blues, and it, the thing is, and and I, you'll you'll hear how I do agree with you a lot a little later on, but on this song I feel like Danzig is really great when he does bluesy stuff when he keeps it electric. Uh, with electric, it kind of speaks to me more because I think his voice is much better. He's got a great voice. He he does have different shades. I love when he's like Sistinas from the next album, and yes. you know I love when he does like those. Uh, kind of like a mellow type singing and but in this one he's do, kind of doing a rough and you know tumble type singing and then they made a video for this where he wrestles, wrestles an alligator which is pretty crazy he does <laughs> That's
1: right. and, and, i've
2: not seen that yeah, yeah, yeah you gotta see this and this the thingy.
1: alligator actually ended up winning but they edited that part out so it looks <laughs> like danzig won the alligator oh, you- the alligator actually knocked danzig out
2: yeah, like that, like, that, like that fat guy on YouTube. He yeah, just yeah. yeah.
0: The, the side kings, whatever.
1: North side kings. North yeah.
0: side kings. And, um, but I'm a Wolf, uh, Killer Wolf is fucking, I love this song. I think it's, it's keeping the flow of the album just perfect for me. Like Ian said, it's like, you know, it went into like a different shape. First one rocker, this one kind of bluesy, but yet still heavy. And uh, it just kept, it just really kept my interest. On this song, and I really did like it. Now let me go to the next one, which is uh, "Tired of Being Alive." This one is like one of my favorites. It has like this killer, killer, simplistic riff that goes a long way, you know. And I just love. This is one I don't think I've ever seen him play live. And uh, the the guitar solo on this song, I just love the hell out of this tune. I know I'm kind of being abbreviated on the on my review this week because. You know, there's a song I haven't listened to. I mean, there's an album that I love. It's my favorite Danzig album, but I haven't listened to it so long. I haven't listened to Danzig in so long. Where this is a very rare episode where I actually took notes to refresh my memory because, and hearing this song brought back memories of how much I love this song. You know, it's kind of like Heart of the Devil off the next one, which is like not really talked about, but it's one of my favorites as well. So that's all I got to say about this one. I love it. I love that riff, and you know, it's just. Uh, like you know, it's uh, it's simple, but it goes a long way, as I said before. Uh, Gully, what do you think of this song?
2: I'm gonna have to disagree. I know I'm very disagreeable. Ask Joe. Um, this is pretty much this is what I've written. This is pretty much IKEA Danzig, and we know what IKEA is. It's a flat pack place where you put your wardrobes together. This is pretty much flat pack Danzig. It's like add, add just add A, B, and C stick it together, and you've got a Danzig song, and. You can and, and, tell. Golly, in America, we we bastardize IKEA and we sell furniture there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you have to make it yourself. That's what I'm saying. It's 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 stick all the parts together, and you've got a Danzig song for me. Okay. Um, it sounds it, it sounds like where it's from. Um, you could listen to the song, and you go, Yeah, that's that's the '90s. That's just the '90s. Um, the solos again throughout the album. I might not like the songs. The solos are fucking top grade, yeah. and I really—they all fit the songs. And this was fucking again good. And he entered screamy, shouty. Yeah, and yeah I didn't like this. I didn't like.
0: I, this I, I I think this was, in my opinion, the best solo on the whole album on this song. Yeah, I love that I solo. Agree. It's fucking awesome.
2: All right, Ian.
1: Uh, well, uh Gully's review reminds me of his opinion of the last song because I I didn't understand a fucking word you said. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I pretended I didn't hear a word you said because I love this fucking song. Oh I, man, I, I don't think it, I don't think it's filler at all. I love the dirty chug of the fucking riff. What I really, really like though is the 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 great double vocal tracks that they do on this. Right, it's all, yeah. Like it, yeah. it's not it's not you know the other band singing. You can tell it's all dancing tracks. Right, but but the way that, that Rubin fucking did him, man, really, really sounded... The attention to detail and the time they took to get this sound. I mean, I really...
0: I heard, I heard when they did that double track, Rick Rubin
1: actually stood up during it. Possibly. But uh, as much shit as Rick Rubin takes nowadays, and rightfully so, I truly believe he just takes an artist that you already know is going to sell records, and he just signs his name to it. But back... There was a time when he did pay attention to detail, and I think this is the time. And and the vocal trackings on this and the dirty chug of it makes this a perfect fucking song to me. And it's like, man, here's four songs in a row that are just fucking amazing. So I absolutely love Tired of Being Alive.
0: All right, why don't you take the next one?
1: All right, the next one is I'm the One. Oh, my God. Now, this is, you know, to me, you know, I don't know if this is the one you think is Elvis or not. Yeah, but uh, but, but to me, I owe, and I'm not going to deny that because Elvis is definitely an inspiration to him. And regardless of what I think of Elvis, Elvis did have a good voice. I'll, I'll give him that. Uh, but I think you owe just as much of this to Howling Wolf and Robert Johnson because this is a straight up, you know, blues song. I love lyrically. It's just so badass. It's like, this motherfucker knew from the time he's five years old, he's gonna fucking go balls deep. He'll never be the same. He's gonna change shit. Uh, I, I just love the the, the spirit of it. It's, it's the attitude of it. Like, I am the one, motherfucker. I'm gonna change everything. I am evil. Uh, I'm gonna fuck your shit up. And you believe it when you listen to this. You know, there's no bullshit. I absolutely
0: love I'm the One. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I hate to interrupt you, but you know how our show is. Hey, hey, Willie, we're doing the podcast now. We're doing a Danzig episode. And just so have you call it, I want you guys here. Da- Willie does an excellent Danzig impression. Would you mind doing that? Come on, dude. Hold on. Come on, dude. Sing. Uh, you know anything from Danzig, too? No, I don't really know. I mean, I guess, yeah, but... Go for I mean, it, dude. Go. Come on. No,
1: I go just ahead. do, like, go know,
2: on. random... Ho- oh, I...
1: You really think, right, Ralph thinks that, that this is entertaining, but I think it's bullshit, but whatever.
0: Go for it. Oh, oh. <laughs> there you go. That was awesome, man. Come on, let's hear it. That oh. was great. Come on, a little bit more. Oh.
2: oh. 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 oh.
1: Oh God! No wonder you
2: shit
1: canned yeah, to... him. Man, he lost, he fell backwards. He was, like, he was like, he was like, oh,
0: oh, 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 oh. All right, man. Thank you so much, Willie. You are part of the podcast. Every time you, what? I
1: found a Blu-ray player at the Goodwill for ten dollars.
0: All right. Did you buy it? Yeah,
1: bro. Now I'm one of you fucking Blu-ray faggots.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, for for all you that uh, that aren't aware, Willie's into Betamax and Laserdisc. Nice. I well, I mean, more Laserdisc. Fuck Betamax. You know? <laughs> but you were into Beta for a while. <laughs> oh, they look cool, you know, but whatever. Oh, like, well, I, I still buy tapes once in a while. All I right. W- Willie, I got to let you go, but one more dance, then, come on. oh, oh, oh. oh, oh, oh. All right, I'll, I'll call you when I'm done with the show, dude. All right, later. All right, later. <laughs> you gotta love that. He fucking nailed it. <laughs> He's great, isn't he? Oh! <laughs> that's all he knows from dancing—that one thing. <laughs> anyway, uh, all right. So what were we talking about? Uh, Who's uh, Killer Wolf? Hey. You're done.
1: No, no, you were talking about I'm the one.
0: <laughs> oh. Gully Gully already talked
1: about I'm the one? No, no. no. It was you, you started, I think. Then okay.
0: Uh, I'm the one, yes. This is the one where I do think he sounds like Elvis. And to be honest with you, uh, I what Gully said about Killer Wolf, this is how I feel about this song. Uh, musically, I agree with you, Ian. It is like Howling Wolf and all that musically. Vocally, it's very uh, Elvis. And I do feel like he's trying too hard. And he, it's like, you're a white boy, bro. You you know, you, When you do the blues, do it with some fucking electric guitar. Because while you're doing it with this acoustic, it just doesn't... To me, it doesn't sound right. And you know what? If it was Elvis Presley singing this song, I'd say the same thing. You know? I, I just don't agree with that type of hardcore blues old Robert Johnson shit with Glenn Danzig's voice or Elvis's voice or Jim Morrison. You know, I'm just... It just doesn't ring true to me, and I, I, I don't feel it, man. I just don't feel this song. Uh, I'm sorry to say. Uh, the, the I do appreciate the lyrics, though, because it is a little bit hearkening to the song Trouble by Elvis. Uh, but other than that, you know. But he appre-
1: covered, covered Trouble.
0: Yes, I know, on the Demon Thrall, right? Yes. And, and, and a great cover. And again, like, you know, it's the bluesy with the electric, you know. And I love it, you know, just like uh, uh, Elvis did it. Please. But, um you know, I really... The thing I love about Glenn Danzig is, is his worship for Elvis. I think it's so
1: fucking cool. I, I think he should do In the Ghetto. <laughs> yeah.
0: Have you ever heard
2: my version of In the Ghetto? No. Oh,
1: Go
0: my on. God. You got to hear it. I wrote Go my on. own lyrics to it.
2: Come on. Fr- we had someone else sing. Why don't you sing it? Go on. Give oh. us a few bars. Oh, In the Ghetto?
0: Yeah, I, yeah, need, yeah, man. I love I, that song. Mm. All right. But my version's like this. I need money. I sell coke and speed and coke and smack poppers uppers, angel dust and crack in the ghetto thank you in
2: the ghetto
0: <laughs> that's because I, uh, I see an old lady I, with with a uh, I, I bash her head up the curve while she lies there bleeding I snatch her purse in the ghetto <laughs>
1: now, I, now I am a pimp
0: Where's my money? You stupid bitch! Go out on the streets and suck some dick in the ghetto. In the ghetto. Suck the penis. Thank you. They actually, type in Doctor Fuck uh, in the ghetto on YouTube, and I made a video for it. It's, it's quite, it's quite amusing. Very enlightening. All right, so, uh,
2: so Gully, tell us what you think of "I'm the One." Um- it's different and this is what the album needed right now was something to break it up a little bit you know just to signify you're getting halfway there and it was beginning to yeah it was beginning to sound a little bit like that was that was a good song but it's like the song before it and um the lyrics are a little bit crazy and then i've underlined the factors does he like having sex with animals and wolves i'm not sure because the lyrics are a little bit yeah Uh, maybe
1: he, he was talking about Ralph's mom because she looks like a beast. That, that,
0: that, oh, no. that is actually true. That that uh, Ian's actually telling the truth because when I first heard that, I didn't believe it, but my mom admitted it was true. She's such a fucking whore, man. God. She, yeah,
1: his mom said, I'm the one for $5. That's right, yeah. No,
0: she said, I'm the one for $1. Wow. Oh, okay,
1: nice. Oh, I, I, I paid too much.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, she, she sees you as a sucker like the rest
2: of the world. Yeah well she's got claws and teeth so you're in trouble <laughs> nice so yeah it's not it's, Do you know what it, it was not a bad song to mix the album up and it come in at the right time whereas you're thinking this album is going this way and you're thinking it's hard rocking uh, it's good but this song come in and it's like oh fuck, this is different i, I like the song i liked it, well, it was there a good, you go it was need, what was needed at the time all right okay um take Golly, take the next one, Her Black Wings. Pardon me, wants to I drink a beer? Um, I really like the riff to this song. It sounds like something you already know. The riff, the main riff is like, I'm sure I've heard that, but I haven't really. And it's like, yeah, I, I've, I've written in my notes that if you were going to play a song to show people what dancing was about, this would be the song to play. I think it's, I really like this song. This is my favorite song on the album. I've got nothing to, bad to say about any of the solos in this album, but This is a fucking awesome song. This is the, the for me, this is the best track on the album. And it's all about Glenn. Every song is about Glenn. Let's not get away from that fact. But yeah, I really love it. The the riff, the solo, the singing, everything. This this is the best song on the album.
0: Uh I uh, I would say it's my second favourite. Well actually tied for my second favourite. There's a song coming up I love just as much, but Oh, my God, this is a great fucking song. Uh, like I said, man, the, the way this song begins would be such a great beginning to a song, to an album. Dun, 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 dun. It's like a build-up, you know? It just builds up and just goes for it, and I feel like uh, it's the only slight I got on this song is that it didn't open the album, but I think it's such a great, amazing song uh, with uh, a great vibe to it, and the band is on, and... Yeah, and fucking Glenn's vocals on it—it's just, you know, when he starts screaming and shit. When she comes down to me, oh, well, I'm not Willie, but you know, it's the best I can do. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Mama, whoa, her black wings. Uh, fuck yeah, man. This song rules. Second favorite track. I loves it, and I'm glad he keeps it in the set list, as Ian says, because it is—it is one of those best dancing songs ever. Ian.
1: All right. Uh, one thing I'd, I'd like to add—I just figured out. I just deciphered my notes, uh, and I, so I got to go back to uh, "Snakes of Christ." Uh, Glenn Danzig said that uh, Stone Temple Pilots ripped them off on "Sex Type Thing," and uh, I, I wrote—I abbreviated "Sex Type Thing" with STT. Now I remember what it was. So go back and listen to "Snakes of Christ" riff, and then listen to "Fucking uh, Sex Type Thing," and, and he's right.
2: Did could fucking see that? That he, is spot on.
1: Yeah, he did. He, uh, you know, I'm not. You know, sometimes shit just happens. But uh, dude, it does sound similar. But let's get into fucking uh, her black wings. Holy shit! Uh, to me, a perfect song. A perfect fucking song. I love the Sabbath riff. You know, it, it's total fucking Sabbath. And uh, John Christ is an incredible guitar player that nobody's had since can capture that spirit. I mean, you know, for the longest time now, he's had Tommy Victor with him. who well, I love Tommy Victor. I love Prong. And Tommy Victor loves John Christ and always gives him all this respect. But Tommy Victor is not John Christ. And I don't mean that as a slam. He's got his own sound. And he probably comes the closest to sound like John Christ, but nobody sounds like John Christ, but John Christ. And it, just a great rip but the chorus to this song, man. You know, and just, Oh, so catchy, and beautiful, and haunting, and evil, and oh, the, and, the, the video was great, I mean just, it, it nails it on every aspect, uh, it is, the only thing I'll getting. it's the most uh, played song off the album, so there is a little bit of overkill with it, but it's the most played for a reason, because it's an obvious fucking hit, and an obvious great song. Absolutely love her black wings. an all time dance a classic that I, I am glad he still plays this. Yeah, rightfully so.
0: Alright, take the next one.
1: Alright, the next one. Holy shit. Devil's play thing. Uh the intro to this is beautiful. I, I think some of Danzig's, you know, that you know, a let's about to you know, just all that the way he sings that is so fucking good. So, just fucking nails it. I mean, the, the way... Oh, man. I mean, that—that that is my example of great production. Because it sounds timeless. It doesn't sound like, ooh, that's some 80s production. Or that's not, you know... The, there's nothing about it that sounds like an era. It just sounds timeless. And and, and, and so beautiful. But then it goes into this powerful fucking jam that is just fucking badass, but the, the light and the shade all within this one song and captures what I love about the original Danzig band and what I believe he does best. I mean, it's just so powerful and beautiful. One of my favorite songs on the album, I love Devil's play thing. What do you think, Gully?
2: I have to disagree completely. Oh! Um, so yeah, I am disagreeable, I'm a miserable cunt. Um, don't play with Glenn, he is hot. Um, He likes a bit of SMN, according to this song, but this song is cheesy. Come on. It's like, whoa, oh, uh, no, no, Glenn, no. He likes to shout random noises again. And, yep, I've listened to this song, like, once since you were doing the review, and then not in the 90s, and I can't listen to it again because I absolutely fucking hate it. This Ah. is my least favorite song on the album. It's cheesy, and no, I can't yeah. be doing with it.
1: Fuck I you, can't... Ed Margaret Thatcher. <laughs>
2: Fuck you. Yeah, I agree. Fuck Margaret Thatcher in a fucking twat. Well,
0: I I, I love this song. Um, Devil's Play thing is, uh, like what Ian was saying, I love the beginning of it and the mellowness. Then it goes into that mid-tempo rocker thing, which is cool. But you know what, man? If it would have stayed mellow, I would have been cool with it as well. But, uh, yeah, and I love when he sings kind of that. Like, I was talking about Sestina's earlier, and, uh, and, you know, and, um, I just love his uh, delivery on this song. I love everything about this song. Uh, it's, it's one of my favorites on the album. Uh, but I will agree on Joe, and everything that Joe just said, I would throw it on the next one. Because I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, Gully. Gully.
2: Joe's a cockney. I'm from Liverpool. We're yeah. fucking hundreds of miles away from each other, man. Come on. I'm sorry, man. I, I, I understand, sense. dude. If you
0: if you called me Ian I'd be really pissed. So so <laughs> okay, I, I I did.
2: All right, yeah. Frank is fine. <laughs>
1: did, 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 did you just say Joe's got a cock down to his knee? Is
2: that... <laughs> yeah, that's that's why that's why he always puts him first. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well. Uh... It, may,
1: it makes sense because when he was on the show, he was a dick. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding, Joe. I love you. I love that with uh, our Slayer episode.
0: Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that was South of Heaven. Um, 777. Uh, I, I I find this to be forgettable. It's filler. It, you know, again, he's going back to the little blues and rocky thing, and it, to me, this is where I'm kind of like, all right, man, let's just get to the next one, because I'm not digging this shit. So, it's probably my least favorite on here. Uh... Well, he was 138. Now he's 777. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you put out
1: weight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. So uh, I, I'm not a fan of 777. Uh,
2: I, I find a filler and uh, I press next when it comes on. What do you think, uh, Gully? Um, more flames. He likes talking about flames. This guy is on fire. Um, Okay, so he, li- he likes to use the heat flame thing a little bit too often. One minute 40 into this song, it changes into a whoo. Hillbilly Hootenanny. Oh, Annie, right. yeah. yeah. Uh, devil yeah. Flames, Hell, cheesy puns, and I Need a Cowboy Hat and maybe to go home and beat me wife and chew tobacco. Um, No, I, I don't like this song at all. This is another example of why Danzig just like, uh, yeah. I don't like it. I, I can't say anymore because, yeah, I'm not a cowboy.
1: <laughs> Hillbilly Hootenanny. Uh, I, I think Justin Childers has that in his collection. And, uh, and incest. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: just. I,
1: I don't know if I said this before, but Justin Chowler's, uh fucking uh, family tree is a totem pole. <laughs> True story. <laughs> <laughs>
0: did you invent that? Or did you get that somewhere? That's a good one. Yeah, totem
1: pole. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 st- I stole that from the great Rodney Dangerfield. That was awesome. <laughs> fucking Rodney rules. <laughs> no respect. <laughs> that uh, was a good one. <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't disagree with you guys more, man. I love this fucking song. I love great slide blues to me. I love uh, John Christ slide uh, slide plate on this, and uh, I just... Seven, seven. I mean, seven is my name. I love that shit, dude. Uh, dude
2: have I, you ever sat? Have you ever sat on like a porch? Stroking a shotgun on a rocking chair, chewing tobacco, just by any chance.
1: No, I sit on my back, you know, and Ralph will this. No, I sit on my back porch, grilling steaks and drinking cheap American beer. Uh, I don't even own a gun.
0: So blame, uh, blame, blame the cheap American beer for him to like this song.
1: Yeah, I, I, but uh, I absolutely love this song. Always have, always will. Uh, Spoiler alert, there's only one song on this album that I don't love. I bet you
0: anything, it's the one that I. I I consider and, the best along with uh, the second and, best. And,
1: and I still like the song. Ugh, excuse me. I still like the song, but I don't love it. And this is one that I absolutely love. I think it's a great fucking track. And uh, Ralph, do you want me to go on the next one?
0: Yeah, I go to the next one.
1: Oh, my God. Blood and Tears. Uh, I think this is the best fucking dance ballad ever. I absolutely... Love this fucking song. Um, so different and so emotional and, and different for Dan's. I mean, this is one where, you know, he doesn't sound like the devil. He just, it sounds like a heartfelt fucking ballad. And it, I think it's it's flawless. I, I absolutely love this song with all my heart. And this, oh, God, this could be, I don't know if it's my favorite, but God damn, it's definitely in the top three. I think this song is perfect. I would love to see this live. I've never seen it played live. I don't know if it's ever has been. Uh, amazing, and it just shows to me uh, the different places where Danza can go, and he's gone a lot of different places. And some of them I don't like to follow, you know. But this is one uh, I, I can hear this over and over again. I think it's a perfect track, and it fits perfectly in this album. And that's what I love. That uh, again. It's an album track, and I could never skip a song. And this is a prime example. Gully, what do you think of Blood and
2: Tears? <sighs> I'm just, I'm just feeling like I am the obnoxious bastard today. But um, well, you are, get, you are. Yes. Well, yeah, I am. And um, let's be honest, time to get the lighter out for this one. It's one for the ladies, Ian. It's one for the ladies and you know it. Um, it's not like I dislike Danzig, but this could be a pop song. Um, and I cried a thousand tears when I heard it in 1990. Um, his lyrics are good, but he's very, very, very repetitive. Look, see, I said very lots of times because I was being repetitive. This song is not for me. Um, yeah. Uh, in the 90s, I was like, yeah, I was fucking, I was all about the heavy music and stuff, and I like Danzig. Oh, no, I was, why? You were
1: listening to fucking Smash Mouth.
2: No, no. You just imagine it. You just imagine it. Come on. I was into Slayer and stuff, um, but like, his lyrics are good. Very repetitive, and it's just not for me. I'm I'm not one of them guys who goes to a rock concert and holds a fucking lighter up. Bollocks. No, not for me.
0: Um. Well. Um. Just like Ian, I'm gay too. Cause I love this. <laughs> I love this song. Um. This is this is tied for my second favorite song on the album. Uh, my favorite ballad? No, I'm going to say Sestinas again. I cannot stop talking about that song, huh? Sestinas is my favorite d- uh, dancing Ballad. But this one will be my second favorite. I love this fucking song. This fucking song is amazing. Uh, it's just like, it really moves me. I love Blood and Tears. I'm up there, man. Um, so yeah, everything that, you know, I, I'm pretty much piggybacking, as uh, Bill Wang would say on everything Ian said, except for, you know, it's his favorite ballad. It's be my second favorite. Uh, but I really can't add more to what uh, Ian says. I love the vocals of it. And uh, and I'm proud to be a uh, an American fag. All right. <laughs> let me go to the next one. And, and sure enough, it's called Girl. So you know I'm not going to like it. <laughs> uh, I don't like this one at all. You see, this song, I would actually... I wouldn't hate if there wasn't so many, like so, I mean, he does it way too much in this song where it gets a little too fucking annoying for me. It's just, it's just overkill. It's just filler. And that's all
2: I got to say about Girl, man. I'm not a fan, Gully. Um, This is one where I actually agree with you. And and I think I may end up falling out at the end of this one, but um, let's climb high say it far too many times and find words that rhyme with it like pie, sky, fly, or why. If this was a song asking a girl for a fuck, you should really buy her a drink first, to be honest. Um, This song is filler and it's not even a B-side. Shit repetitive lyrics. It's almost like you had to put another track in to make up the album. So they thought, fuck it, we'll just put that in. Um, It's not going B-side, we need another track in there just to make it happen. And that was it, girl. Don't like it, bad song.
1: Yeah, Ian. All right, well, once again, I love it, I think it's got a great swag to it uh, I, I, I love the, you know, the lyric, dude, he's gonna get laid You hear the song, you know he's fucking that girl You know, and and I love it And it's just got that bravado, that swagger I'm gonna do it And to me, this is the song that should have ended the album I think this album goes on one song too long And uh, even though I, I do like the last track I don't think it fits in with the rest of the album. I think this would have been a perfect way to end that album. I love Girl.
0: You love girls? Yes, believe it or not. <laughs> You're going to fool me, man. All right, why, uh, don't, you, why don't you tell us your, your why Why uh, Pain in the World is your least favorite on the album? Uh,
1: I, I I can't really put my finger on it. Unlike your mother, I can put my finger in it, but, uh, you know, there's just... I don't know. To me, this is one that sounds like filler. I, I I don't hate the song, but every other song on this album, to me, sounds like it needs to be there. Like, you know, the album would be incomplete without that song. Now, the, the first ten, I don't have a bad thing to say. I love them all. This one just sounds like... I, I don't know. It sounds unfinished or just ill-conceived. I don't hate it, but the first ten sound necessary this one sounds unnecessary and that's why it's my least favorite Gully, what do you think
2: see completely different opinion as well Um, I like it this riff is very Sabbath like it is and it's evil pl- plodding melodic doom which I'm all for because I'm a miserable bastard Um, after the lo- last two tracks it's a welcome distraction it's I don't mind it it's not a bad track to close out an album after the last two or three which I didn't really like. Um, the album's got some top quality tunes. And if you like Danzig, then this is for you. And if you've not heard the album, why aren't you listening to it? It's good. Glenn sings some random shit throughout the album. You won't understand what the fuck he's on about. But that is part of the draw. And as a package, this album is good. And to finish out on this, this track for me. I like it. It's a good, good ender. Good song.
0: All right. Well, um, golly, I got to tell you, I'm not a miserable bastard. I'm, I'm a... I'm an American that's a complete homosexual, but don't be (laughs) worried. Don't be worried, golly. I'm not looking at you any any strange way because I, I suffer from being a homosexual, but yet finding guys unattractive. I'm like a very confused homosexual, but I, I, I I like this song without being, um, this miserable cunt like you. Um, it's total Sabbath worship. Maybe that's why I like it. Uh, and, and again this is a song that proves my point on Chuck Biscuits has to be the perfect replacement for Bill Ward. Yes, I understand there's no perfect replacement for Bill Ward, but if you you put a gun to my head, I'd have to go Chuck Biscuits, you know,
2: with a good knee. Would be would be um or with a cockney. <laughs> uh, yeah, knee. Like good I'm Sorry, that's Australian.
0: Yeah. And uh so uh, I I did like Pain in the World. I like how he says that he is the pain in the world. Uh, to other people, he's a pain in the ass. But I, I I do like it. I think it is a good ending to this album. It leaves with a little doominess where you have hints of Doomy with uh, snakes and her black wing. You have hints of Sabbath all through, a little bit through this album here and there. And to end it like this, I think was the perfect ending to a song. And uh, I, you know, uh, as far as what Ian says, I, I, I would say the same thing, but except take "Girl" out, and and leave "Paint" in the world, and I think it would have been a perfect uh, ending to the album. Even though you know, there's, uh, I'm still not a fan of 777, but uh, as a whole, like every other Danzig album, I can find more songs I don't like. You know, where this one is, like uh, this is the one that has the songs, most songs I like
2: on this one, so. Uh, the, album, so... the album's progressed as he as went along, uh, Glenn. The, it, it was like it was, he was filtering down the good songs to one or two. So, the first few, four albums, you were right. Three or four tracks where you're like, I fucking love them tracks. I can listen to them all the time. And then as you went along, it went down to three, two, then one. And then now you're lucky to get one.
0: Man, I, I got to tell you, Gully, the, like, right when I heard uh, Glenn's uh, The Five album, I automatically didn't like him. I was like, I don't like this album at all because it was too industrial for me. It's like, I don't like when somebody like changes to whatever that whatever is popular at that moment. He went too. I mean, that album is too industrial.
1: Well, well, some, sometimes though, I, I do like it. Like, look at uh, you love Brutal Planet, and so do I. But that's a total like, hey, let's do the Marilyn Manson thing.
0: Well, I see that album more as um, Rob Zombie. Except for the last track is a total Marilyn Manson ripoff. Cold Machines, it's is, is Beautiful People. It's the same fucking right. song. Right, right. But, but as far as the rest of that album, um, I felt like musically it had that industrial heaviness that Rob Zombie ripped off from Ministry. You know, More Ministry mm-hmm. than Nine Inch Nails, You know, if you ask exactly. me. Because Ministry was more dark. And, uh, and I do hear that heavy industrial vibe through Brutal Planet. But what makes Brutal Planet so amazing to me is those lyrics. Those lyrics on those songs are so of the time. Columbine, uh, you know, the whole history of the world with um.
1: What was uh the, the ballad on that one? I think is one of the best ballads he ever did. What was that? Uh, well, no, well
0: that was pretty much only women bleed part two. Take it like a woman.
1: I love that song. It's I a great
2: that. song, but it's you know it's pretty much only women bleed part two. You know. Man, what he, what, what, I, what pisses me off though, to be fair, um, is like Ministry like, New World Order, no no one can do ministry, only ministry can do fucking ministry, and there was so many people that have come in t- to do that, and like, what was really surprising about them, that particular album that it was on, it was like, you got metalheads getting up and headbanging to fucking industrial stuff, and I did, I was a Mad Slayer fan, Pantera, whatever, and I'm like, whoa, this is fucking cool, and... There hasn't been another band that's really done that for me, where it's like, this is an industrial, nah, fuck that shit. Ministry was the only one that pulled it off, so kudos to them.
0: I, I, I agree with you, uh, Gully, as far as, like, metal.
2: Because
0: Nine Inch Nails, I did love. Pretty Hate Machine and and what was the next, that EP, Wish. was yeah. really good. And yeah. and the other one, March of the Pigs, whatever the name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, that, that world's
1: spiral. That spiral. Yeah.
0: I I love those three albums, but those albums were not metal you know influence at all it was very kind of kind of pop uh uh industrial like what's that type of music techno type shit you know
2: and what was the one i have got to fuck you like an animal yeah that's that's that's, uh
1: that's off of uh, downward spiral yeah i forgot the name closer right closer yeah. yeah that
2: was the that was the song you got up in the middle of the rock club so you could pull some bird so you could pull a girl that's the only reason you got off. Not because you like the song. It's because women like that song and you got off to try and get a warm. That's all I thought. I, I covered that I covered that song too, though mine's called
0: I Want to Eat You Like a Cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> I actually recorded it. Uh, I have a karaoke disc where I wrote a bunch of songs. Uh, like, you know, like I did one for Justin Gigolo, Gigolo. Uh, Are You Lonesome Tonight? Uh, even that pink song. I'm coming up, so you better get the party started.
1: Uh, it's, not, about, it's
0: about it's fucking a slut that works in Pizza Hut.
1: I, I like that song because the lyrics are, I want to fuck you like an animal, and Ralph's mom's a pig.
0: That's true, yeah, that is <laughs> that is true. You know, you know, Ian, I mean, I, I know you know, what my mom is, and i got to be honest with you, man. It's, every time you bring it up, it, it just kills me a little more inside to know my mom is such a fucking
2: whore. But, uh,
1: but I, I still respect her, but... Uh,
2: like
0: well, that makes one of us.
1: Anyway, well, he so respect,
2: he, he respects her because he pays.
1: Yeah, I respect the prices. You know, it's fair. It's funny how
0: you respect her yet you pay, and I don't. I don't respect your mom at all, and I don't pay shit.
1: Yeah, well, I heard. I heard you need new shoes for school.
0: Well, <laughs> I, I need to take another STD test. That's what I need. to do. The funny lump on my ass now.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> I, t- I tell you what. What a great fucking episode! I don't think we've ever done an episode where we, we've had you know. Three of us, yeah, that have, that have disagreed so much on one album, and, and that's I really like about this episode. And, and I,
0: th- I don't think there's ever been an episode where Ian and I has agreed so much,
1: right? But but yet we we all three of us
0: disagree you know, on certain songs, yeah.
1: Right, yeah. right. And uh and, and just for those at home, uh, we will have subtitles for this one so you can understand Gully. They they will be in Braille, but there will be subtitles
2: yeah you can suck my ass
1: <laughs> oh, oh I understood that you fucking <laughs> blimey friend.
2: Yeah, I could be, be understood when I yeah. fucking, fucking mind yeah. Yeah. No,
0: I understood you perfectly because you said it with that effervescent of bastardizing the English language, language like <laughs> us yanks and uh
1: and, and I just, uh, again Gully I want to thank you so much for, for coming on today and for filling in on the news the other week and uh <laughs> And also, I want to wish you the best of luck. Uh, how's it going with the BBC?
2: Um, uh, well, many application forms, and um, I don't know who I have to go down on, but we'll find out soon.
1: But, uh, Gully, uh, man, you've done great, and we love the rock show with yourself and Joe, the guy with the cock to his knee. And, uh, man, we wish you nothing but success, and, and thank you so much for coming on today.
2: Thank you. It's been a good laugh, and um, I'm drinking some more beer now.
1: Uh, and,
0: and also, I mean, I can't drink, guys, but if you don't mind, let's all raise a glass, and let's toast to uh, to not being on the Indie Authority anymore.
2: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, fuck that bitch.
1: <laughs> yeah, hey, this is your daily warning for no-shows, and you're fired. <laughs> yeah, what a yeah, yeah. Ralph has no idea what you and me had to deal with with her. Oh, oh my shit. God.
2: She was like, she was like a vociferous cult. Oh I couldn't deal
1: god. with that woman. Oh my god, it was so bad. And and uh, and Decimal Geek, Decimal Geek was on there for like, uh, I think like three weeks, and he quit. He's like, I can't deal with it. We used to text each other every day, like joking about. This is your warning for no shows, and you're fired. What well, what,
0: what is like what is no heavy. shows? What does that mean? Like, not a new show or something?
1: Yeah, well, so- she, she would complain about people not sending their show. And it changed, like, while we were out there, it changed, like, three or four times, like, how, what, once it was on Dropbox, then it's like, send me a link, and then it's this, and then it's that.
2: And then send it to fucking Barry or some shit like that. Yeah, and it's yeah. like Fuck's sake, just sort your shit out, try and be professional, just have one email address yeah. yeah. and stuff fucking about.
1: And, and the funny thing is, we got fired before, uh, well, actually, Gully, you didn't get fired, you guys just said fucking left, right?
2: Yeah, we thought, like, you know what, we can do our own shit. We can stream our own shit, and we can put our podcast where we like. So, fuck that bitch.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I- I'm sorry that I wasn't that much involved. I would have loved to have been involved. Uh...
2: Oh, no, you really
0: wouldn't. Oh, yeah, no, no,
1: just no. if you were involved, we, we would have lasted one week on that stuff. Oh, yeah,
0: you know me. I would have been like, fuck that bitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think, think Willie, uh, well, Willie, I'm sorry. I think Ian kept me at arm's length. Of,
1: <laughs> well, well here, here's the thing. I kept telling, you know, Ralph, if you remember, I was like, I don't know. I think we should fuck this shit. We should leave. And you're like, no, it's a different audience. You know, uh, don't go off on her yet. And, and that's the whole reason we did it. It's because it was something different from that metal station, you know, yeah. and uh, trying to find a new audience. But, uh, you know, I don't think the Mumford and Sons crowd is where we deserve they, to be. You
0: know, because they don't appreciate guys getting their ass licked. That's what got us off yeah. the show. I yeah, mean, somebody yeah. listened in, heard heard me talk about how I like my ass lick, and uh, and all hell broke loose, and uh, we we got can't no they asked us they asked us to tone it down.
2: They you asked know, me if it, they asked it, you know the funny thing was they come to me first and asked me and I'm like, what the fuck are you on about like? Oh, what about <laughs> what we said? Yeah, they said were you talking about ass <laughs> licking? And the moment I heard it, I thought that's fucking Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys got the blame for it. That's too fucking funny. <laughs> blame the Englishman. That
0: always fucking happens. <laughs> and you see see that? Gully knows that would be me because he listens to our show. Unlike the Indie Authority that never listened to us. Yeah. Like yeah. One, like uh, Ian said this before, like when they asked us to be part, sa- she says to Ian, so tell, tell me what your show's about. And Ian's like, you
1: haven't even heard us? Yeah, like why would you ask me to be on your station if you didn't listen? If I had a station... I'd want to know who I was having on my station,
2: you know. Exactly. The thing was, the thing was, she said to me, "I like your show," so she obviously listened to mine. And you, us. I say I say cunt more times than I say fucking anything else.
1: Yeah, but it's nobody like, nobody can understand what the fuck you're saying, so she. I was know just,
2: subtitles.
1: She, she was lying.
2: She's <laughs> probably she probably thinks I'm saying something fucking nice. That's yeah. what that is. Well, that's
1: the thing with the British accent. Everything sounds sweet. It's like, say, Gulliver, pull down me knickers and stick your willy in me bum, and it sounds. You know,
2: polite, you know, it sounds like you're shaking the hand,
0: exactly.
1: Exactly,
0: I think, I think she was just listening because she enjoyed all those shout outs you were saying to her every time you said cunt.
2: <laughs> she was a vociferous one, I'll tell you. She's like, she, she's got a, got a cunt like the alien face off predator.
1: <laughs>
2: all right, so that's our plug for the India
0: Authority. Go check them out. <laughs> yeah, they're fucking awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah. go check them out. Yeah. Go check
0: them out. It's all Disney wholesome fun over there. Yeah. No yeah. ass-looking content.
1: Yeah, it's it's 2016, but they're still playing the Wallflowers. Oh. Go, go check out the Indian Authority.
2: Yeah, oh. might, it's 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 the internet equivalent of AIDS. So go and check it out. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. If you want your computer to get AIDS, go to yeah.
1: IndiaAuthority.com. Yeah. yeah. Charlie Sheen didn't get AIDS from whores. He got it from the India Authority. <laughs> 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 Alright, so that's Danzig 2 Lucifuge It was released July 26, 1990 Produced by Rick Rubin It made it to number 45 on the charts And uh, we had a very split review on it But I thoroughly enjoyed it So thank both of you for making it a very entertaining review Yeah, yeah you're welcome,
0: man, no problem
1: Alright, well now it's time we gotta go into pick of the week and uh, Gully, you are our guest, so why don't you tell our listeners about your pick of
2: the week? Right, this is um, something we were sent from Australia, and no one's probably fucking into them. I like speed, technical metal. I'm a thrash at heart. Ralph, I know you might get into this one. It's a band called Gods of Eden, and the album's called From the End of Heaven. And um, there's a, my favorite track on the album is Shivers Dream. It's a seven minute thrash, technical metal epic i mean this album i'm I'm listening to it on the train and i'm thinking yeah i'm fucking staying on the train longer to listen to this album it's just it come from nowhere like this random guy emailed me and said i've listened to that and it was so good we got the guy on and we fucking interviewed him not this is one of my top albums of last year um really really good technical thrash solos perfect and i thought it was a, po- a really, really polished album to come from absolute fucking nowhere, Australia, where I thought it's just fucking kangaroos and dust and criminals there. This come out, and it blew me, blew me away. Technically great. Sounded great. Great lyrics and amazing guitars. I can't talk about this album enough. From the end of heaven, God's of Eden.
0: Awesome, nice. man. Uh, nice. Gods of Eden, you said?
2: Gods of Eden, From the End of Heaven. Australian band, fucking awesome. And they've gone, like, over the past few weeks from... Um, Playing like little gigs in Australia to support some big bands, so they're on the horizon. They're gonna, they're coming up. I really love it. Nice.
0: All right, I'll, I'll look into them. I'll look into them. Ian and I still don't have a pick of the week, man.
1: All right, well I'm gonna go and I'm gonna pick another one of Danzig's band, Danzig's bands, and uh, this is the, the lesser known of the three, and that's Sam hayne And I'm gonna go with their first album. I believe it's called. Uh, do you know how to pronounce it, Gully? Is it Initium?
2: It sounds about right. Just just, uh, yeah. just go uh, with it.
1: Yeah, anyway, that their first fucking album. It's my favorite Sam Hain record. And I think it's really good and it's I think it's a really good bridge between the Misfits and Danzig. And uh, there's some great fucking songs on there like Macabre and, and, and many others. I think it's a really, really cool album that's underrated. A lot of people, you know, unfortunately it's it's kinda of like the Misfits. A lot of people have the shirt, don't know the fucking music. You know, a lot of people might have a Sam Haynes shirt, don't know the album. But check out their debut album, Anishium. I couldn't be pronouncing that wrong, but check it out. I fully believe in it. Great right album.
0: All right, cool. Um, I only have that November coming fire. Uh, yes. All right, my pick of the week, and this is more like a public service announcement, too. My pick of the week is Motley Crue's Saints of Los Angeles. What? Yeah, the reason I'm picking this, oh. I'm picking this so everybody keep the fuck away from it. It's fucking horrible. It's the worst shit ever. By far, the worst Motley Crue album. Stay away from it. That's my pick of the week. My pick of the week is helpful. Um, yeah, as
2: long as Tommy Lee gets stuck on his fucking rotating drum kit, we're all happy. Is he even on that fucking album?
1: Yeah.
0: Is anybody yeah. on that album but Vince and and that's it? You don't, you
1: don't rem- uh, remember? He had like the big retarded fucking drum, uh, the bass drum for that album. Uh, it, it, it's in the video. It was on the tour. It was, like, retardedly huge, you know. Actually,
0: okay. Uh, well, I'll I'll give a real pick uh, that's related to Crew. Was uh, Vince Neil's Exposed, which I enjoyed. With uh, Steve Stevens? I, it, it is a bit too polished, I, I feel. Uh, you know, I want to do th- two, three picks, fuck it. One that was...
1: Do it. Hey, you're invited, but your friend can't come. Okay? I,
0: well, that song was kind of j- stupid, but... You know, it, uh, that first song was really good, and uh, The Edge. There's a lot of good, great playing on uh, Steve Stevens' part. And also his next album, which was called Carbon Stone, which I think I did have that as a pick of the week before, but I, in case I didn't, uh, I think that album is very misunderstood because it has a couple rap songs on it that really suck, but the rest of the album is really good. It's a very dark, Sabbathy album, believe it or not from vince neal and uh i highly recommend you all check that album out just avoid those two rap type songs and uh the rest of the album i think is really good and really heavy
1: vince neal did it all for the cookie what the cookie what
2: i think he should lay off the cookie the size of him fuck's sake
1: hey we're all getting bigger
0: There, there there you go so that's that's my picks of the week
1: Alright, well now it's time for Fan of the Week, and Fan of the Week this week is Ryan T. Russell.
0: Alright, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, Ryan, I believe, is on the all music, all different types of music page. I uh,
1: I'll tell you, he, he's a hell of a fan, hell of a listener, and he contributes a shitload to the page. And as always, that's what we ask. Don't just join the page and like, oh, I like, you know, become part of the family. And Ryan has definitely done that. He posts a lot, contributes a lot, comments a lot. And we appreciate it. So, Ryan T. Russell, you are our fan of the week. You know what T stands for? Testicular Cancer.
0: You yeah. knew that. Tulsa. <laughs> it's fu- It's funny how his middle name ain't T-Fee.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then he would be on uh, Magnet PI. <laughs>
2: I fucking love that joke. <laughs>
1: yeah. I think you just love that mustache.
2: No, I just wanted dogs that would go on attack people for no reason. <laughs> FIGHT THEM!
1: They should do a, a remake and you could be Higgins.
2: I couldn't grow a mustache <laughs> like Higgins. I would feel less of a Higgins than Higgins.
1: Alright. Uh, Alright, now we get to the part that I gotta do every week. The Facebook page is a family. Everybody is so interactive on that. And it is, it's one of the wildest sites on the fucking internet. It's fucking amazing. If you're not on our Facebook page, join. All you got to do is send a request. We'll let you in. And, uh, you know, then it's up to you to make the most of it. Also, go on iTunes. We're available on iTunes. If you're there, leave a review. Since I've started reading all these reviews on iTunes, we've been getting a lot more. I guess people like to hear their shit being read, and we will read it. So please go on iTunes, subscribe to us, leave a review. Very important. Of course, you can check us out on our home on Podbean. And when you go on the Podbean page, there's links to all kinds of amazing shit, like the Facebook page, like the Amazon page, like the Thrasher Die page, like the Combat page, uh, that Metal Station, the Indie Authority, all this shit you can find on the Podbean page. But most importantly, we're talking about that Amazon page. Get on there, give daddy some money. Ain't going to cost you a penny more, and you get what you already want. Check us out on that metalstation.com, where you can hear us Sundays at 11 a.m. Eastern time. And Thursdays, our time's changed on Thursdays. I believe we're on now at 6 p.m. Eastern. And followed both days by our... uh, by our show, is the Dr. Fuck Show. Dr. Fuck has his own radio show, and it's doing amazing. Ralph, talk a little bit about it.
0: Yes, it is a a, a lot of fun doing it. Uh, Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern is when I do it live, and I join the chat room, and, uh, you know, I play requests, and it's always a lot of fun. The chat room is not just us, like, uh... Chatting away, which is a lot of fun. We all interact with each other. But also, you can put up pictures in the chat room. We, And I was putting up funny pictures of, you know, my zany life. You know, all these crazy things I've done. I show, you know, th- stuff too risque for Facebook. So, uh, join that. And, you know, if you're not home, that's okay. Uh, go on, uh, get a free, it's a free app. You can download on your phone. Called TuneIn Radio. You download it for free, and then you type in that metal station, and bam, you can listen to the Dr. Fuck Show and the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, which is aired before my show both on Thursday and Sunday, like Ian said. Uh, Sunday, I go on at 1 p.m. right after Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. that starts at 11 and the same, but on Sunday, it's a rerun of what happens on Thursday. So, you know, if you miss it, you get another chance to listen, and believe me, it's fun. I... Uh, Last week I did it drunk. And I I, want
1: to do it mostly drunk. Also check out Mike Tyler's two amazing shows. One on Tuesday and one on Friday. And uh, directly inspired by our show. And I couldn't be more proud of them. And now we'll mention some other podcasts that are friends of ours that promote us and we promote them.
2: Ear The podcasting and interview news site To keep up with your favorite bands or artists And the podcasts or interviews where they appear Go to earpeeler.com to find out what we're all about You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal based podcasts You'll find everything from music based episodes, interviews To series such as ultra sexy classic album series where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists, and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more.
0: Alright, Kiss Army. Since 2007, you've been getting Podkissed, the Kiss Audio fanzine for your ears
2: that's right it's your podcast every month the podcast crew along with the kiss room brings
1: you kiss talk like no one else whether it be roundtables interviews with the band past and present analysis and great kiss fun hi this is jay
0: perelli and you're listening
2: to Podkiss.
0: hi this is bruce kulik and you're listening to Podkiss,
2: the podcast the kiss audio fanzine for your ears
1: barbarian rage is another incredible podcast hell yeah barbarian rage my boys in
0: barbarian rage rule and also uh, i was gonna say iron cast again fucking iron cast brand new check them out okay that brings an end to the show and i want to thank gully for being a part of the show and i also want to thank you gully for having me on your show twice and plus some of my band members were on alex marquez and nightcrawler and we really do appreciate your support
2: yeah, we love you guys, and, and um, we're glad that you've hooked it out and everything's going fine. Um, uh, we wouldn't have you on if we didn't think you were cool. It's as simple as that. We, we're straightforward. We don't fuck about We won't have people on in your
0: You heard that, Ian? He thinks I'm cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, well,
2: yeah. Oh, Ian, <laughs> you're welcome to come on. Yeah, I, like, I, I, I like you, Ian. I uh, like. Well,
1: thank you. I'd love to come back on again. All right.
2: Awesome. So, so uh,
0: yeah, so thank you so much, and everybody tune in to... The uh, and uh, Gully and Joe show, the Rock show with Gully and Joe, and uh, tell us where they can find that, uh, Gully.
2: Yeah, we've got lots of interviews coming up with like a, a really big thrash band that I can't talk about until we've actually interviewed them. In ah, uh, you can
0: something. say it. Thrash or die.
2: No, I, I don't want it because last time I did it, we he fucked us off. So um, no, I can't say it until it's done. Okay. Uh, it's in the canon, Monte. But um, we've got a couple of interviews. We've got George Kalias. An amazing guy coming up very soon as well, um, and it's G U W L Y A N D J O E dot U K. You can find the replays. You can find the live show, which is on 8 p.m. UK time GMT on a Friday, and that is 3 p.m. Eastern, or the next day 10 p.m. GMT, 5 p.m. Eastern. So just Google us; you can find us there.
1: Uh, all right. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, and we know you did. Come back next week when our special guest is world-renowned chef Wolfgang Puck joins us in the studio to talk about cannibal corpses eating back to life.
0: Did you hear what just Gully just said, Ian? You know, he doesn't give it away because he doesn't want to jinx it. You always give it away, and you jinx it every fucking week. I, I, but
1: I've talked to Wolfgang Puck's people, and it seems like it's a lot. Is, well,
0: it, is it? He's still alive?
1: Hey! Find out next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Righteous. <laughs> Find out. Find out next Good week shit. if he's alive. <laughs>